You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. Hello, Daredevil fans. Welcome to a new episode of Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. I am Christina, and joining me today are... Hi, I'm Rhiannon. Hi, I'm Aisha. Hey, I'm Shelby. And today we're talking about what it would take to power up Daredevil for the MCU. Now, I'm sure this doesn't come as a spoiler for anyone, but we just want to make sure that anyone listening to this has already watched Spider-Man No Way Home. We're recording this podcast on January 8th, 2022, and it's been just over a month since Kevin Feige announced that Charlie Cox is going to be the MCU's Daredevil. And over three weeks ago, Spider-Man No Way Home came out, and we all saw Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock make his first appearance in the official MCU. So yes, he's back at Dare- as Daredevil. So we just wanted to talk today. It seems like uh, characters in the MCU they're pretty powerful. And we're talking about the possibility that now that Daredevil is showing up in films, he, he's been rumored to show up in other projects, it's reasonable to expect that they might want to power him up. And we're just going to talk today about what we think that might look like, what we want it to look like, and even in some cases, what we don't want it to look like. So I think one of the first things that we all were thinking about as we started thinking about how Daredevil could be powered up in the MCU is the same way that he was in the TV show, that he could be powered up through technology, such as the suit that he wears and the gear that he uses. So I I think a good place for us to start with this is just sort of examples of how he powered up in the show. Um, Sort of see how he's been powered up in the past and then maybe talk about the trajectory that he could take in the future. Yeah. So in the show, we saw a very natural progression where all during season one, Matt was getting torn to shreds. He was bleeding and bloody and Claire kept bugging him. You got to get some armor. He kept saying, no, I don't want to. And in the end, of course, he did. And when that happened, we saw this kind of very natural, organic type of power up. If you look at season one's hallway fight, and compare it to season two's stairwell fight, one of the reasons why Matt does so much better in season two is he is wearing the suit. He is he has that extra level of protection. And then we see that all come apart again in season three when he loses the suit. He's back to fighting in basically sweats. One of the reasons that Dex is able to get up after Karen, I have to quote, uh, one of my favorite YouTubers married to the real Tasha, when she watched the episode said, yes, hit him with Jesus. So after Karen hits Dex with Jesus and knocks him over the balcony and he falls down, he's able to get up. And it's not because he's so badass. It's because he's wearing a suit. So I think that could be a very organic way for them to go with this is of course, last time we saw him, He didn't have a suit. We're all assuming he's going to get one. It really makes sense for him to get one. So that could be a very natural way to do that. I'm just going to say, I love how in season two, like it starts off with him getting shot in the head by Frank. So a good reason to change the helmet. Yeah. (laughs) Get a new one. 
I also liked how sort of along the way we got to see how he got the suit. Like it was so important to those season one writers that we understood how he managed to get a really awesome suit. It was like a whole subplot of the season, which is something that I also hope they keep with. You know, if he suddenly has a new suit, did he go back to Melvin? You know, you know, is Melvin Potter still around? Is there a new suit maker? Um, we've we've been joking some of us that now that peter parker has a sewing machine maybe he's making (laughs) suits for all the superheroes you know but i think that's in the like what we hope to see like whatever the next step is i hope we do get to see that explanation which they have done in other series i mean they have explained how the suits have been coming about yeah even in hawkeye like there Mm -hmm. were the larpers were the ones who made the suits for uh, hawkeye and uh, kate so are we going to jump right into the rumor territory of where he's supposed to show up next in She-Hulk? And what kind of with, suit he's going to get? Yeah, the color? Kinda, <laughs> yeah. I think as long as he's showing up as a cameo or as a side character in somebody else's show, unless they give him a throwaway line or something that gives us that explanation, I don't expect them to give us the full story. That seems to be the way the MCU goes is like somebody's in it and then eventually they get their solo property where they go back and explain things if they're, if they're going to explain anything. Right. But as far as backstory for these side characters is concerned even like echo is a side character in hawkeye we did get some backstory for her like you know from her childhood and how she lost her father and how she grew up and so you don't know maybe they will if if he is indeed showing up as a side character they might fill up some of the gaps from the last is it the pre-blip and post-blip world we're talking about we don't even know whether it was Matt blipped. Speculation is right. he was. And that's why Kingpin is back in power. Yeah. So what what do we want to see? Uh, some I would actually like to see more of him swinging through the city because we got a tiny bit of it towards the end of Daredevil season two. We got just got a little bit of him swinging through the city. It looked cool. It did not look overly CGI. It looked like it was actually happening. I don't know how they did it. Maybe it was CGI, but if it was, it looked really good. And we just got teased with it a tiny bit and then it went away again. So I think that would be really cool to see, especially because it's not necessarily if it was in the comics, we want to see it because I think there's plenty of things in the comics we don't want to see. But that that's kind of iconic is him swinging through the city. I do want to see that. But at the same time, you know, how realistic is it going to be? There are a lot of things in the comics, like you said, and they don't always translate well in live action. So while uh, comic accuracy is very important to a lot of us, it just it has to also feel true to the character on the big screen or the TV screen. I've only watched the 2003 movie once. I know we have a lot of fans for that, but uh, there were some things done in that movie, which I'm glad the show never tried to do, like, you know, leaping from a top of a high-rise building and then not nothing happening to the characters surviving without a scratch. Like, those things, it's, it, it can only happen in a comic, not a live-action movie, in my opinion. I think we got a nice preview of what they could do with the with the swinging from the ropes on the television budget in right. in Hawkeye. I know one of the big Daredevil fans that also has like an outlet, Charles Villanueva, was like, if you look at what they did with um, 
Yelena in Hawkeye, then she had some scenes where she was like repelling down the side of a building. And he was right. like, it gave him hope that they could do some realistic stuff like that with Daredevil on their TV show type budgets and get some views of that. And I think looking at Hawkeye in general, I think among all of us, like what they did with Hawkeye was closer to what we would like to see with Daredevil. Like there at least was some humanity. You did have moments of people icing their wounds in in some episodes and such. I mean, final episode, you don't necessarily see that same humanity, but you know, it, it, it was closer. Agree. It, not agree. it wasn't instantaneous healing for most, most of the episodes, at least. Yeah, I don't want him to suddenly be invulnerable. I don't want them to stretch his abilities to places that make no sense. I don't want him to be sitting in New York and saying, okay, I'm listening to this conversation in Paris. You know, I, I want to make sure that, that they kind of keep that part of it consistent. I want his abilities to really remain pretty constant. And as far as a, a suit, how do you guys feel about getting the DD on his chest? I know it's oh, really ha- important. Have to. Yeah, have it's to. important to so many people. I personally don't care, but so many people want to see that DD show up on his chest. Yeah, it's not important to me at all. But the DD is not important. And I um I kind of have a good feeling about the suit because uh, recently in all these shows, the MCU, the new suit that they've uh, introduced have all been pretty cool for all the other characters and all, you know, whether it was Falcon and uh, WandaVision, maybe. I don't even know, but I can't remember that one. But all the other superhero show suits that they create it, they, they probably will do a good job with the new upgraded suit for Daredevil. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to butcher his name. Is it Ryan Minerdig? I believe is how you pronounce his name. If not, I'm very sorry, sir. He designed the suit for Daredevil and he was also designing suits for the films. So if he's still in charge of that, I've, I've got a good feeling because he managed to give us some really cool suits. I can't think of a single one that like I thought, oh God, that's awful. They so look, uh, I, They look similar too. They're, they're real similar to me when you think yeah. about the Netflix shows and the MCU the suits now. Yeah. 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 One uh. thing that that is kind of interesting is in the past, you know, over the past 10 years of the MCU, when the film characters got a new suit, it was always, well, Tony Stark gave it to them. And that's gone now. So if Matt does get a new suit, they're going to have to kind of explain where he got it because it it wasn't given to him by Stark. Who knows? Maybe by then Reed Richards will be there. I don't know. Yeah, Matt just has to get uh, Melvin out of uh, jail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has to go defend him. Yeah, and or find Peter Parker. Oh yeah, he'll yeah. <laughs> sew you one totally. It'll make him a shiny new suit. I want to go back to what Christina said though about the the powering up um, versus street level. I I want you hit on a word consistency, and that's just what I want throughout. I don't want like one fight this happens, he can bounce back. The other fight, he's like sewing up his wounds and he's concussed. You know, I just want consistency. I think also when we look at ways that he powered up in the original series, there's the adding of the suit, but there's also just him literally getting stronger and and having mm-hmm. experiences with his powers out in this world. So, I mean, I think there's things in the comics that we saw, like, you know, he knows somebody's about to fire a gun because they take a little breath right before they pull the trigger or stuff like that, that... I feel like he could power up even more just sort of by getting better at doing what he's been doing. You know, like this character, if he was blipped, 
is probably going to still be like five years into daredeviling. If he didn't blip, he'll be like old man daredevil at this point um, with whatever continuity they try to give it. So like he should be much better with his senses. So like maybe not overhearing a conversation in Paris, but better at avoiding gunshots or better at predicting what people are about to do. Not ending up in a dumpster. Right. And and his uh, fighting ability improved throughout season one and season two. And, and season three was at the bottom of the well, basically. And he was recovering from his injuries, but he got better even after that, you know. So just practice and time would also improve his abilities. I think one of the things that we we agreed that we would like to see as far as improving those abilities is maybe see, like in the comics, he had this little basement gym in his apartment. Well, yeah, and um. give us some <laughs> scenes of him you know, training. Yeah, I want yeah. it. <laughs> sort of like the basement of the church in season three, but in his apartment. Now it's in the brownstone. We've seen him in Fogwells working out. So that's been kind of fun too. Yeah, I love that. But now he needs his own space. Like he's Daredevil. He's fully Daredevil, I believe. And I, I want I, I want the, I, I just want the boxing ring down there. I want to, you know, like a trapeze. I want it all. That's true. Like in the comics, he had like the parallel bars and stuff in yes. his home gym. Yeah. Yeah. Doing gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Murdock always sticks the landing. Something else I would, I definitely want to see more of because we kind of got away from it is bring back the parkour. I I, I want to see a lot more of that because it, 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 we kind of got away from it as the show went on. And yeah, I want to see some leveled up parkour. Again, I want it to see it done by a human. I do not want to see it CGI'd. I think that's what was so cool about the the sequences in especially the parkour scene in season one, which you could tell that's a guy, you know, and we know that Charlie is very capable of doing a lot of it himself. And if they have to slip in a stunt person, do it, go for it, fine. But Make it people, you know. Make it Chris Brewster. Make it Brucey. Chris Brewster. We want yeah, him back. Yeah, bring back, back the Brewster. <laughs> we'll, we'll add that to the campaign list. <laughs> bring back Chris Brewster. Who, I mean, for our listeners that aren't like that down in the weeds, that was Charlie's stuntman through all three seasons of Daredevil and the Defenders, who has gone off and had a fantastic career afterwards as well. Yeah. But he's always maintained in interviews that he'd love to work with Charlie anytime, you know, if the timing works. But I also feel, I mean, and and that is like an offhanded, you know, we love who was there involved before, but there were so many interviews when Daredevil came out where Charlie even talked about how he and Chris would coordinate the fights and everything to have that emotion in them and them all be real and very intentional. So I would have more faith that these fights are going to feel very real for the the Daredevil that we're used to. And if they power it up, they power it up. Yeah, but whoever is the new uh, stun double, if it's not Chris, I hope they, you know, Charlie and he find the connection and that it works out well the way it did for the show. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that because if you look at the MCU films in general... It seems like there were like four or five different stunt doubles for each actor. And I kind of like the fact that on Daredevil, it was Chris. I think there was one time he got injured and they had to bring someone else in, but he was the primary stunt person for uh, for Matt and Daredevil. And I think that actually brought something to it. It brought like a level, a real sense that this was the same person, that this was the same human. It never felt like anyone was being swapped out. And I would kind of like to see that continue too. And also because Charlie and Chris are like, you know, very similar built and same size, same height. 
So they look very similar. And I think this might be fun to talk about things that we kind of don't want to see as far as leveling up. And I remember, uh, Ree, you and I were talking offline at some point about Black Widow. And I, I adored that film. I thought it was fantastic. But I know, Ree, one of the things that bothered you was the intense falling scene where she should have been dead. And, you know, Yelena's falling and she should have been dead. And I think I feel that I don't want to see them go there. Any kind of superhuman abilities in that sense for Matt is just not in character. It's not really something that would feel consistent. And it just doesn't make sense. Agreed. Yes. Oh, and we, ju- um, we just saw that in Hawkeye, too. We just saw that where Kate Bishop... <laughs> Should have been dead. <laughs> yeah. I but, love her. I do. I love her. And part of Kate's, she's like Matt. She gets back up. But um, she probably couldn't have gotten back up. Everyone goes through that. In all, it happens in all the movies. Even the non-powered superheroes, uh, they seem indestructible in the movies. So I, I don't know if MCU can get away <laughs> from some, this. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I, so, I don't I, think so, but I hope so. I mean, I hope that, you know, I, I mean, I think that's just like this whole podcast is just us over and over again. You know, we hope it's realistic. Yeah. Or yeah. Daredevil, you know, have him swing, but show him training, you know, have the swinging. Yeah. And show him tired. Show him recover yeah. from yeah. the the hard fights. Yeah. Maybe not, don't spend too much time on it. Okay, but at least make it realistic. Yeah, let's not go the movie route where he's like popping pills, you know, like crunching pills in his teeth, like uh, in the movie. Like he goes to his little medicine cabinet and he just oh, right, has right. all these prescriptions. <laughs> Maybe not that either. I think one of the things that, oh, in our other conversations is that that he is still blind oh, and yes. that that is still a factor in what he can and can't do but that there could be assistive technology but he still can't read billboards or you know pick the blue wire he can't like smell that one wire is blue one's red yeah um, feel color he, he doesn't feel color he doesn't touch a computer screen to <laughs> read the computer screen <laughs> unless it's a touch screen and you know that's different <laughs> Now that he's kind of in the big sandbox playing with the big well-known heroes, I think it would be super fun for him to come face to face with one of the really well-known heroes, for him to be standing in front of Falcon or, you know, standing in, in, in front of Captain Marvel and go, sorry, I don't know who you are, because he's he can't know who they are. And I, I think that would be really fun, because the truth is, if you have not been in the same space with Matt Murdock, he's not going to recognize you because there's no way he could recognize recognize you. So I think that would be really fun. Who else? Oh gosh, who would it be fun for him to completely not recognize? Oh, She-Hulk not being green. She-Hulk not being green. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like Carol Danvers probably will have a specific smell from like going through the Earth's atmosphere. Sure. But how would he know what that smells like? Right. And he won't know what it is. I mean, that's what I think will be like very, you know, he'll know. Yeah. Like he'll know a superhero is a superhero because they'll have on some weird clothes and and heartbeat would be different, perhaps. Yeah, but to not be able to recognize them, I, yeah, I do want some of those awkward moments. It would be great if it was someone who would who would be offended by that. Like, I don't know, I could maybe him beating Stephen or, Strange. Or Thor. Yeah, Thor would be completely offended. They'd have no idea who he was. <laughs> that could be fun. But is that him not having any idea as Didi or Matt? Because if he's oh, pretending not Matt, to be blind Matt. and like, yeah. Yeah, yeah as Didi. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely like him in the suit uh meeting another superhero in the suit and having no idea who they are i just i, I think yeah. that would be kind of hilarious that would be interesting to see yeah 
I just have hopes. I'm dumb hopeful. I said this on the last podcast. I'll just forever be dumb hopeful that they can pull all this off. <laughs> so how do you guys think they could level up the radar sense and how that is visually portrayed? Well, just don't make it World of Fire again. Where's Christine? I'm sure she's she will have some thoughts about it. <laughs> I think that's the one area where all of Save Daredevil is like, we want everything to come back except that. Yeah. It just didn't work. I mean, it was just confusing for a lot of fans. Yeah. Like, people think that that's what he sees. But like, no, his eyes don't work. He doesn't see anything. It's just to the mental picture in his head. Yeah. It worked for me for about a second. You know, for like a hot second, you're like, oh, I get that. Oh, no, that's bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but I th- I think I think that's the one thing that the movie did really well was was sort of illustrating the senses, the radar. Yeah. Yeah. And that he can kind of level up with that. I mean, I don't care. I don't care if they don't give us any visual representation of how his senses work, but he can level up how he uses his senses. Yeah, I think that's where it's important to have to fill the writers room with blind and visually impaired staff, producers, uh-huh. writers, consultants, because I, I think all we can think about is from a seeing perspective anyway. And I think if you've watched, I don't know if any of you have watched the Apple show, see season one, season two, they do a really good job of building a whole world around people who cannot see. So I think that that's where hiring blind and visually impaired. Yeah. will work. Well, I mean, with, with echo, they've gone with a lot of deaf consultants and writers. Yeah. And I want and I want it across the board. I want them not just on these shows. I want them to be on all the shows. You know, have the opportunity to be on all the shows because I think that perspective is important. Absolutely. Yep. So let's hope that when we do get a solo project, there will be visually impaired people on the staff. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. One way that I, I I mean, going back to powering up, keeping to our discussion on topic. I think we all kind of are in agreement that one way that Matt Murdock could really power up is in the coffee department. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I mean, talk about the fact that in the comics, this guy, like, the, Matt got around. It was crazy. Um, and now you have this show, which was fantastic and we love it. But for three seasons, we know that Matt got some 10 years ago in flashbacks. When he was with Claire, that was it. When he was with Claire, they made a point that he was sleeping on the couch. And when, you know, Karen, he wouldn't go upstairs with her. Electra, they never had a chance. They were, they were, they had these moments of tenderness where there was absolutely no way in heck that could happen. And all the other times they were mad at each other and not talking. Every other one of the Netflix heroes got some repeatedly some with multiple partners i mean you know you're in trouble when the until very recently chased monk is getting more action than you are that's a problem <laughs> and it's it, it's kind of fun to have matt being unlucky in love but this is getting ridiculous yeah we need to caffeinate matt murdoch but the funny, that's not the reputation he has, not even on the show. Like, peep, if you talk to fans, you go, oh, look at him. He's with Claire in one scene, and then he's with Karen, and then there's Electra in the second season. But nothing is actually happening, you guys. But that's the reputation he has. And that's what, like, Foggy's also been talking about, right? Oh, you know, he used to have a girlfriend every month, a different girlfriend every month, and blah, blah, blah. And he's very famous with the girls. But that's just talk. I want some action now. 
on the surface, it feels like he's been with a lot of people, but we got nothing. <laughs> well, and I kind of got the feeling that in the show, they sort of like what Foggy always assumed was him being out with women was him going out and daredeviling or going out and you know running around rooftops, even if he wasn't daredeviling, you know, doing stuff like that. So now, you know, it's out there and he is daredevil, but yeah, he deserves some love. Let's upgrade him in everything. Like, just like Charlie said in that interview at what was, what was it? Sirius XM? While they were interviewing him for Kin, and he said, the version that you'll see, hopefully, will be the upgraded version. So, with the same foundation, but the upgraded. So, let's upgrade all aspects of Matt's life. There you go. Totally. How about a cleaner alarm clock? Oh, That alarm clock is filthy. (laughs) That needs needs to be cleaned, yes. (laughs) You know, but I think that is a tiny thing. Like... If you sanitize his life too much, it's going to feel wrong. You can have a dirty alarm clock. You know, I mean, I don't know. It just makes me kind of sad that if they're doing anything with him, they're going to be doing it on a soundstage in Atlanta and not on the streets of New York. You know, so give him the dirty alarm clock. I'm vetoing the upgrading the alarm clock. They actually did film some Apocalypse in New York. So there's hope that they, they might do something in New York, because I agree. Um, I think New York was a character in our show. And it would be a shame to quote Vanessa Mariana. It would be a shame to see all that character scrubbed away. It would be nice to, to see New York still shine because Matt is, is so tied to New York. He's uh, talked about it being in his blood. And so it would be good to see that being represented positively. And it would also be nice for all the team members who are in New York to be able to go and uh, try to see some filming going on too. Yeah. So I have a thought. What do you guys think about powering up through Super Friends? Since he's already been Peter's attorney, even though he doesn't remember, we know that he represented Spider-Man. Who would you guys like to see him maybe have his backup, team up with, help out? Well, he may not remember, but Peter knows that there's something yeah. different about this blind lawyer. So he, when, after No Way Home, when he's all alone, maybe he is going to start looking at other local heroes and maybe he'll find Matt. That is the dream, right? Isn't that the dream? Yeah. I'm yeah. Red 100%. Give me <laughs> Matt and Peter and then, you know, some Daredevil. I mean, not Daredevil, um, Deadpool. Wait. You know. <laughs> You throw Wade in there for (laughs) just to irritate Matt. I mean, just to give me more irritated Matt faces. As far as uh, Marvel superheroes with secret identities, at this point, it's pretty much Peter and Matt, and that's it, right? So just Matt's horrible at keeping his identity a secret. Oh, and that's another thing. Oh my gosh. Okay, when they power him up, I don't want them to power him up in the sense of taking away his secret identity and just making him out as daredevil because um i know it doesn't work the 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 mcu is full of heroes where everyone knows who they are and that's cool and i like it and i i think it works but this character i don't think it works i think the big thing about matt is that matt murdoch is not a cover it is a 
a very serious, important part of his life. Being a lawyer is very important to him. We've seen him try to give it up and he can't. He goes back to it. So I think it would I think it would be a big mistake for them to take that away. And I hope they do not go in that direction. Yeah, Matt and Didi are one and the same. You know, just two aspects of the same personality. So what if, I'm going to throw you guys another one. What if they power him up by introducing his twin brother, Mike? No, please. (laughs) I'm hanging up right now. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Can I I leave? (laughs) Wait, wait, Shelby? Thank you. I just need to talk there. (laughs) I will take this if they do it via reader. Yeah. Give me. Yeah, that's the way it happened. I mean, so. If they want to do a what if episode and introduce Mike. Yeah. Awesome. That's how they could do it. 25 minutes. That's it. Another show that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Captain Marvel. No, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Miss Marvel in the comics ha- is she's an inhuman, but I rumors are that they're changing that for the show. So I'm like, I'm curious. I'm very excited for that show, but I don't know how that's going to go about. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what the world is after Miss Marvel, but also um, powering up the other villains, like the potential villains. You know, so like. There's speculation that we could get Stiltman in Armor Wars. That's what I was no. I was oh. reading your mind. I knew you were about to say Stiltman. I don't know. Well, we do know of a, of a villain at the very end of season three was Bullseye getting his power up. You know, we saw Bullseye on the operating table. It was Dr. Ozawa. So that was kind of cool. And so if we do get Bullseye back, he should be powered up, which should be interesting. I hope that they give him a suit that isn't super goofy. But again, if Ryan is behind it, I feel like we'll be okay. I mean, and, and Eric Olson was, you know, he was planning for him to come back in season five, but season four was supposed to be what? Um, typhoid, typhoid Mary. Typhoid, I'm like, mm-hmm. and Melvin, Melvin Potter and Typhoid Mary. You know, Stephen tonight recently someone asked him, uh, they gave him a choice of three villains and said, who would you rather bring into the fold? for Daredevil, and he ignored all of the choices and said, Melvin Potter, you know, he really wanted to bring a gladiator there, and he really wanted Matt Gerald to be able to do it. So I would love to see that. I think that would be super yeah, and, fun. and Matt Gerald, uh, I think he replied to that tweet. He did. Yeah, he, he said, bring it on. Very positive, do, yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows what happened to Betsy? <gasps> what if Betsy blipped? If Betsy blipped... Melvin could Can have you lost imagine his Melvin flipped. And I mean, and and I just I love the typhoid Mary option. Like I know we had a version of Typhoid Mary in Iron Fist. And I loved that version of Typhoid Mary. I, I, I She was one of that. my favorite parts of Iron Fist yeah. season two. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that going so many places. Like they never really got into the Typhoid Mary personality at all. Um, they just sort of like came to the point that it existed. Yeah. And I feel like they left so many things on the table that could be explored and that could get, Matt could get caffeinated and have a villain all in one oh. villain. Uh, yeah. You know, just it, I really love the idea of a Typhoid Mary storyline and I hate, you know, that was something we were supposed to get in season four and I just will forever be better that we didn't get that. I know. She could have set his hair on fire. Oh my gosh, stop. 
<laughs> that is like the one of the scariest and like disturbing parts of the, those comic books because I love that series and I love that book mm-hmm. and it always terrifies me every time I read it because Matt is in so much pain during that whole run. He is yeah, yeah he's in a world of pain. But uh, like I I loved um I'm blanking on the actress's name now. Oh my gosh, someone Alice? help me. Alice Alice Eve. Alice Eve. Alice, yes. Alice Eve. Thank you. I thought she was fantastic. She was also one of my favorite parts of of that. I love that they had her singing um, the same song that she sang in the Daredevil comic, which was was really a fun little bit. Personally, for me, you know, when we were talking about consistency with powers, I really didn't appreciate in that comics run that he could not tell that was the same person. That bugged me. And so uh, I'd I'd have to have the writers really sell me on that. But but that was her superpower because she did change with every switch. And that's where, yeah, it was more than disassociative di- identity disorder. It was like she walks, an actual superpower of changing people. Everything was, yeah, she, she changed on a fundamental level. And because he's blind, he can't see that it's the same person. So, yeah, it would, yeah. It would have to be written well for it to be explained. Can, and can we not... Can we not level him up by making his hair red? Because uh, I know that's something else that a lot of they fans were it. like, yeah, they tried it and it didn't work. Yeah. So can we just no. let go of that? Well, they didn't do it in Spider-Man. So that's so it's true. Not gonna happen. They did not. Yeah. So I think we're past that. I think we know what he's going to look like as Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they let him grow his hair out a little bit. Oh, yeah. It was, it was shorter. It didn't bug me, It was though. very short. So any final thoughts, you guys, about... Uh, how we'd like to see him level up. But let him be more mature. Okay. More mature, confident, mm-hmm. maybe even a little more cocky. Um, let him be funny. Let's show some of that sense of humor that he has in the comics. Let's see that. Yeah, he's learned from his experiences. Yep. Yes. And he's had a lot of experiences, so he should learn mm-hmm. from them. Have some money, too. Let him not be broke. Can he just not be broke? I kind of like him being broke. It's it's such yeah. a. You but know, let it's him such charge a for some of those cases. Don't be pro bono all the time. Like you can't well, live like that. <laughs> if indeed we don't know if it's going to be Nelson Murdoch and Page coming back, we really want it to be. So if it is them, uh, Foggy was always about the making money. So I don't think that Foggy would let them just completely take every case for free. I, I have hope that at least Foggy would want them to pay their bills. I think, I mean, I assume in Spider-Man that Happy coordinated for Matt to be Peter's attorney. And I don't think Matt would have any problems taking money from Happy Hogan. Yeah, there's some deep pockets there. Maybe get paid, get paid. Yeah, I mean, Stark Industries comes to you, you know, wanting you to defend somebody. And he, even if Matt has forgotten who's Peter Parker is, he still knows Happy and he's still his lawyer because Happy did hire him, didn't he? Did he? Kind well, of. Well, it was kind of implied when he was saying, You're going to need a really good lawyer. I'm a really good lawyer. It was kind of implied that yeah. that was going to happen. I think personally, I think they were setting that up. We'll have to see if that actually plays oh. out. See, I kind of felt it was Matt being like, I don't defend people like you. <laughs> No, but he's there defending anyway. So <laughs> people like Peter, <laughs> yeah, touch his brick heading on his head. But I don't defend scuzzy corporate types like you. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like we're at a pretty good natural stopping place. So thank you so much for listening. 
And remember, uh, you want to find us on social media. We are Renew Daredevil on Twitter. Everywhere else, pretty much, we are Save Daredevil. You can check out our website, savedaredevil.com. Thank you so much for listening. Be careful out there. And we can't wait to talk some more about Daredevil. So see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.